today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. To be exposed. Well, I can't be exposed because I get hurt. Son, daughter, I'm not going to hurt you. I love you. Being exposed, this is humility. The Bible says this, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. God wants you to be exposed. He wants that humble heart. Ways to give access to Jesus. And maybe you have realized that there are areas in your life that you haven't given full access to Jesus. Are there parts of your life that you haven't given full access to Jesus? Pastor Eric urges us today to adopt an attitude of humility to be exposed before God. If you're clinging to something that needs to be given to God, can you loosen your grip and let him begin his transforming power in this area? Well, let's join Pastor Eric in the book of John chapter 10 with today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. Deuteronomy 31.6, again, more evidence that Jesus will never abandon you, that God will never abandon you, says this, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. If that's not good enough, if that's not convincing enough, look at Deuteronomy 31.8. And the Lord, He is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Again, by the writer of Hebrews saying, don't you remember that He will never leave you nor forsake you? And we hear that verse all the time, but truly take heart to this because many of us deal with abandonment issues. But there is a God in heaven who is promising you that he is never going to leave you. And that he's going to come to you. He is not going to leave you as an orphan. There's power in that when it truly sinks in, when you truly let it sink in. Knowing that Jesus will not abandon you, you then can come to him anytime because you know that Jesus is there and because Jesus understands you. How about that this day and age? Having someone who understands you, understands where you're coming from, understands what you're going through. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Because Jesus is with you and that he's never going to leave you alone, you can have confidence and you can know that you can go to the throne of God knowing that there's a God in heaven who can sympathize with you, who has been tempted himself, yet without sin. Therefore, the word of God is telling us, let us come boldly. Boldly means that you can come and you are confident. Are you confident when you come to the throne of God? Knowing in your time of struggle, in your time of need, your desperation, you can come and you can sit before the throne of Jesus Christ knowing that He is not going to condemn you, that He is going to listen to you. As a friend, as one who knows that we can go there to obtain mercy, the grace, His unmerited favor to help us. How many of you are taking Advantage of that benefit in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you afraid to go to the throne? 
God doesn't want you to be afraid to go to the throne. That's the place where he wants to meet with you and to spend time with you, to help you. Again, the benefits of allowing Jesus full access of your life, you guys. Jesus promises you eternal life as it says in the word. He says to the crowd, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I will give them eternal life. Looking at this verse, speaking about eternal life, many times you hear that within a church. Eternal life, eternal life. But what is eternal life? Well, this verse in Psalm 16, 11, I love this verse. It says this, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Eternal life. What is a thing that makes up eternal life is a fullness of joy. A fullness of joy. The pleasures of God's right hand forevermore. But I believe Revelation 21.4 is probably my favorite verse speaking about eternal life. (laughs) And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. What a great picture of eternal life, knowing that there's no more pain, the suffering, the crying, the hurt, the disappointment, the abandonment, the lies that have been spoken to you. If you're a sheep of Jesus Christ, you're going to have this life when that is eventually going to be all taken care of. And until that point... And when we're going through them now, Jesus hasn't left you to deal with them by yourself. He's asking you to come to his throne and to cry out to him, and he will give you that mercy and that grace to help you through it. Jesus also promised that no one will snatch his sheep out of his his or his father's hand. The writer of Hebrews said this in Hebrews 13.6, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The fear of what man can do to you. What's going to be said if you say that you're a Christian? If you stand up for your faith and you proclaim the gospel, there's always that fear of what's going to take place after I proclaim this. Especially more and more in the day that we live in. But here we see the truth in God's word that we can be confident and say, you know what? The Lord is my helper. He is my helper and I will not fear Because fear has not been given by God. What can man do to me? The psalmist wrote this, said, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What did these guys know that maybe we don't know? They know this, that God is for them. Then who can be against us? They knew that God will never leave them. They understood That they don't need to fear because the Lord is on their side. What a promise from Jesus, isn't it? A promise that will produce love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The promise of Jesus Christ giving us eternal life produces all that fruit within our lives through the Spirit of God. But yet still there are those who deny Jesus full access. And the sad thing is, is that there are many who have the knowledge of Jesus. They have the knowledge and what he has done for them. How many of you have heard that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for your sins? Many of us have knowledge. In fact, of these people who have this knowledge will do great things in his name. 
the knowledge of what Jesus has done, they will take that knowledge and they will do great things for the name of Jesus. But one thing they lack is this. They deny Jesus full access to their lives. Jesus said the following, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? In Matthew 7.23, Jesus saying, And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me. You who have practiced lawlessness. Jesus says that he knows his sheep. He knows his sheep. And the sheep, again, are those who have allowed full access to Jesus. The scripture that Jesus speaks about and recorded in Matthew is very eye-opening, especially to us in the church. Especially us in the church. Many of us can say, Lord, Lord, we've done all these great things in the name of Jesus. But is it done through the knowledge of Jesus or is it done through the spirit of Jesus? It's like Jesus saying to us, you never trusted me with your life. You never let go. You never opened up for me. Therefore, depart from me. You never opened up. You proclaimed all these wonderful things in my name, but you never opened up to me. You didn't trust me with your life. How do you trust Jesus? Number one, have faith. Believe that Jesus has your best interests at hand. Remember that God said this in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Have faith and remember that God has your interests, your best interests at hand. The Bible says that you are the apple of his eye. Number two, surrender. Jesus said this, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. How do you trust Jesus? Surrender. Saying that it's not about me anymore. It's about the one who I proclaim, the one who I say I'm doing all these good things in his name. I'm surrendering to him. Number three, lean not on your own understanding. This one is hard. Actually, they're all hard. (laughs) But to trust Jesus, one must not lean on their own understanding. If you don't trust Jesus, then all you have is knowledge of Jesus. That's all you have is knowledge of Jesus. Knowledge alone will not get you to God. Knowledge alone will not get you to God. Faith, trust, and letting go giving full access to Jesus Christ's will. That's what will get you to heaven, by trusting and surrendering and placing your faith in Jesus Christ. Be exposed. That's what the Lord's asking us, to be exposed. Well, I can't be exposed because I get hurt. Son, daughter, I'm not going to hurt you. I love you. Being exposed, this is humility. The Bible says this, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. God wants you to be exposed. He wants that humble heart. Ways to give access to Jesus. 
And maybe you have realized that there are areas in your life that you haven't given full access to Jesus. And you know what? There was areas in my life, and there's areas in my life that Jesus is helping me through that I have not surrendered the full access. And the first thing that came to my mind was this. I have failed. I'm condemning myself. I think I'm a failure. And I screwed up, and I'm like, I I haven't given that to you. And guess what? The principalities of darkness would want you to believe that. They would want you to believe and they would love for you to condemn yourself right now. If you're sitting in the chair and you've heard just the Lord ministering to your heart saying, you know what? Truly, there are areas in my life that I haven't given full access to Jesus. I haven't trusted Him. I guess I'm going to be departing from Jesus then, huh? No. Jesus has exposed that to you this morning. He is speaking to your heart. I love this verse in 1 John 3.20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. So yes, there is that condemnation from the flesh and trying to bring you down and to say you have failed. Game over, pal. But God is greater than your heart and he is not condemning you. If you have realized today that you have not given full access to Jesus, then praise Jesus right now that he has revealed to you that there are areas in your life that you haven't given full access to. That means he loves you and he's encouraging you to say, hey, son or daughter, I love you. This needs to be dealt with. Let me take care of it for you. But it's up to you. Are you going to open up and trust or are you going to harden your heart and say, no, you can't have access Here's the thing, you guys, if you have knowledge of it, that's where I think the accountability comes. If God has exposed it to you and you choose to say no to it, then you will be held accountable for that. Because there are going to be areas in your life as your time goes on that you don't know that you've not given it up to the Lord. And then when he exposes them, what are you going to do then? What are you going to do? And I would encourage you to trust and to surrender it. And I'll be honest, that is where I'm at right now. God has exposed an issue in my life that I have not given him full access to. I'm struggling to let go, and I have to constantly remind myself, he has got this. He is going to take care of me. He is for me. He's not against me. And I believe that in time, he will take this away from me. And he will do the same for you. He's exposed it to me, therefore I must trust I must trust. No more denying Jesus' access, you guys. Drop the deadbolts. Drop them. (laughs) Turn the keys over to Christ. Drop the passcodes. Everything that you've put locked on your heart needs to be released to Christ. It needs to because that is the only way that it can be dealt with. Man can't fix it. Christ is the only one that can heal and help you through those times. Back into our text, he proclaimed that he is equal with his father. And the Jews, you guys, get upset about this in verses 31 through 39. It says this, Then the Jews took up stones and again to stone him. Tell us if you're the Christ. I'm, okay, I'm telling you again. I don't believe you. I'm going to stone you. Jesus answered him, answered them, Many good works I've shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? 
The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God? If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Therefore they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. Jews picked up stones, the stones to kill Jesus, because he declared that himself equal to God. My good works I have shown you from my Father. Which of those works do you stone me? Say, all these things that I've done, what are you going to hold me guilty about? What are you going to hold me guilty about? And the Jews responded saying, it's not the works that we're going to stone you. (laughs) And I'm just picturing my mind, is this conversation with stones in their hands? I don't know. We're not going to stone you because of your works. We're going to stone you because you're blaspheming. You're saying that you are God. And so Jesus responds, and he points out a flaw in the Jews' argument. Jesus quotes Psalm 82.6, which says this, I said, you are gods, and all of you are the children of the Most High. Jesus quotes the scripture because the gods referred into Psalm 82 were the judges that determined the fate of men and women in Israel who broke the law. The word God in Hebrew is Elohim. And so God called these men, these judges, Elohim, because they judged the people. And so Jesus was going to be stoned because he called himself the Son of God. Jesus' rebuttal was this, God called your judges God. Are they blasphemers as well? Those who, that you look up to, maybe you are the, one of those that have been given the responsibility to hold the people accountable to the law. God called you gods. Are you going to be stoned too? He answers their question by pointing out a question. So then Jesus concludes the conversation. He says, telling the crowd, if I do not do the works of my Father, then don't believe me. But since I do the works of my Father, you guys still don't believe me. Because they recognize, they said, we're not stoning you because of the works that you're doing. We're stoning you because you're proclaiming yourself as God. And so Jesus has already pointed out to them that they've accepted the works that he's doing. But he's saying, you still don't believe. (laughs) The works that are done by Jesus are done so that they would know that the Father is in him and he is in his Father. But guys, the people again sought to kill Jesus, but it wasn't his time yet, and he departed. Even when people didn't believe, Jesus still pressed forward to reveal that he is the Christ. Didn't he? He still pressed forward. Here, stones in hand to kill Jesus, but yet Jesus still pressed forward in proclaiming that he is the Messiah. And I believe that this is a great thing for us as believers today, to keep pressing forward. There will continue to be doubters. There will be haters and there will be unbelievers. But don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Keep pressing forward. Keep speaking the truth and living the truth. And if they don't believe the words that you speak about Jesus, then let the work that Jesus is doing through you 
communicate to them. I know that words bring an impact and change. Words can affect an environment. But honestly, I believe that action with no words can speak louder. Jesus continued to point out that he is the Son of God and that he wants them to believe. But they don't believe. It's amazing that Jesus has this heart. Because many of us, if we were in that same position, if somebody was trying to kill you, natural response would be, I'm going to kill them. But yet Jesus is saying, believe, I'm the Christ. If you don't believe my words, then believe the works that I'm doing. Believe that. But yet they rejected it and wanted to kill him. Verses 40 through 42, as we bring it to an end, and he went away again beyond the Jordan to place where John was baptizing at first. And there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no signs, but all the things that John spoke about, about this man, were true. And many believed in him there. Man, God is doing a great work in and through Jesus, Jesus being God. And even in a time of trial, and I would say if you're going to be about to be killed, that's a time of trial. Jesus then continued to press forward and continued to be busy about his father's business. And being obedient to the father, many believed. What an encouraging word to those of us who believe in the name of Jesus. That even in times of trial and tribulation, that we know that there is a purpose for our lives. If you're breathing, there is a purpose for you. God still has work for you to do. Therefore, continue in that knowledge and that relationship that you have with Christ. A relationship with Jesus that requires full access to your life. And once this is authorized, Jesus then gives you that eternal life. And that eternal life will generate in you love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control to continue the work of the Father. And through those fruits, my friends produced by God himself in and through you, others will see Jesus as the Messiah. The opportunity for them to see Jesus as the Messiah will be presented. Jesus has not stopped the family business. He is still saving lives every single day. If there's an area of your life that you haven't granted Jesus full access to, today is the day to surrender that to him. And even like if you're like me and you struggle with it, I'm struggling, but the deadbolts are off. (laughs) And I know that my Savior is going to be gracious with me because His grace abounds. It's never going to run out. And it's not going to run out for you as well. Continue to let Jesus use your words and your actions for the kingdom of God. Be encouraged. And as Numbers 6, 24 through 26 says this, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. Thank you for joining us for our verse-by-verse study through the book of John. Pastor Eric Kluth will continue this series on the next edition of Grace to the Hearers. But right now, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message free of charge. Just send us an email at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. 
be sure to mention today's date. We'd also like to invite you to learn more about Grace to the Hearers by visiting our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll discover Pastor Eric's heart for this ministry and also find out about more places you can listen to sound, biblical teachings like this one. There are also resources available to enhance your own time studying the Word of God. That's all at gracetothehearers.com. Well, we are so blessed to be able to share God's Word with you. We hope that it's not your only source of spiritual nourishment. The Bible reminds us frequently of the importance of a church community, and we also encourage you to find a church family to support you in your walk with Jesus. If you happen to be in the Coolidge area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m., and you'll find our location information and directions at our website, gracetothehearers.com. We do hope you've been blessed by Pastor Eric's message today from the book of John. Join us again as we continue to look deeper into the Word, right here on Grace to the Hearers.